Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a ministry of Stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome, everyone, to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today, I'm joined by Rob Longo, Damon Owen, Tom DeAngelis, and Tom Terrace. Welcome, one and all. Good to be here, David. Thanks, Dave. Awesome, awesome. Everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles. We're going to turn to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 17, verses 11 through 19. But before we break open the bread of life, Rob, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit into our hearts to help us see how the Lord wants to speak to us here and now today? I would love to. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for the gift of now. You are the God of now. Please, Lord, help us to be fully present to you in this moment, wherever we are, wherever we are, in our homes, in our offices, in our cars, wherever we are, Lord, help us be present to you. As we break open your word that we will hear, the gospel that we will hear this Sunday, help us uh, infuse us, dear Holy Spirit, with the gift of docility, that we are moldable, bendable, that we are teachable, uh, that we would have the courage, your courage, to change, to live the word in our lives as husbands, as wives, as fathers, as mothers, as brothers and sisters, sons and daughters, as workers, as athletes, as students, that we would have the courage to live the word in every aspect of our lives Thank you. And if we could pray together, a beautiful, beautiful prayer. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful. And, and kindle in us the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit, and we shall be created. And, and you shall renew the face of the earth. O God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit did instruct the hearts of thy faithful, grant that by the same Holy Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolations. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Father Son, Son, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. And Damon, do you mind giving us a little bit of gospel love today? Absolutely. Our gospel is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 17, 11 through 19. As Jesus continued his journey to Jerusalem, he traveled through Samaria and Galilee. As he was entering a village, ten lepers met him. They stood at a distance from him and raised their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And when he saw them, he said, Go, show yourselves to the priests. As they were going, they were cleansed. And one of them, realizing he had been healed, returned, glorifying God in a loud voice, and he fell at the feet of Jesus and thanked him. He was a Samaritan. Jesus said in reply, Ten were cleansed, were they not? Where are the other nine? Has none but this foreigner returned to give thanks to God? Then he said to him, Stand up and go. Your faith has saved you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. As you were sharing that, Damon, I stopped on the first sentence. As Jesus continued on his journey to Jerusalem, he traveled through Samaria and Galilee. And that's speaking to each one of us as we are on our journey. So as David, as Damon, as Rob continue on our journey, we need to be open to the divine appointments that God's going to set up to us. Don't let our busy agendas, our busy schedules 
Keep us away from those who need the Lord Jesus Christ. We are called to be his hands, his feet, his heart, his eyes. We are called to be his mercy, his compassion, his love to this world. You know, Jesus was the word of God made flesh. Well, just like that example, we are called to enflesh these scriptures every day and take the Bible living into the world through our actions, through our words, through our life's example. So for me, you know, I want to set my sights on the fact that this isn't my home. I'm on a journey. I'm a sojourner, the Bible tells us, and in my home is heaven. Here it says Jerusalem, you know, which is the new Jerusalem, heaven. So for me, I want to make sure my sights are always set on the fact that this isn't my home. My home is in heaven. But as I continue my journey, the Lord's going to present me as I go through different areas in my life, present me people, divine appointments, where I'm meant to be that instrument of healing, that vessel of love for that person there and now. Because this world has attacked so many people and they need redemption. They need renewal. They need what? They need Jesus Christ. So help me, Lord. Help me, Lord, to be that instrument of your grace that you choose to use to take your son to those in need. Amen. Amen. I, I think of uh, of, a, of a Veggie Tale episode, yeah, getting real, real heavy theology now. You. Okay, all right. <laughs> so there's one Veggie Tale episode where uh, uh, Madam Blueberry has all the stuff she wants, uh, all the stuff she On needs, the all the stuff mark. she yes, and then Stuff Mart moves in next door. <laughs> Damon, thank you, and uh, and the, and the representatives of Stuff Mart come over to convince her that she doesn't have enough stuff, and she needs to go to Stuff Mart to get more, and she goes, <laughs> and she gets more stuff, and she puts it in her house in the tree, and it is full of so much stuff that it bends to the point of breaking, and all the stuff's you know flying all over the place. And then there's this little scene where it's a family that lives in a little you know bottom of a tree, and it's just a mom and dad and the daughter, and the daughter has this one little piece of, of pie. And she's singing, you know, I give thanks for this day, for the sun in the sky, for my mom and my dad, for this piece of apple pie. And then (laughs) Madam Blueberry is like, I want that. I want that. So she buys all the stuff and then she sees the gratitude and she says, I want that. And then the people, you know, the stuff mart owners like, what do you mean that? We don't have that. (laughs) We can't sell that. We don't Right. She wanted because a thankful heart is a happy heart. The girl starts singing, right? A thankful heart is a happy heart. And we see this one, uh, this one Samaritan that returns and, and you, know, you can just, you can see him bubbling with joy, right? The gratitude that he's expressing is spilling out in his life, I'm sure, as joy, just like in the Veggie Tales, this girl was thankful for the little house she had for her mom and her dad, for the sun in the sky, for the little piece of apple pie. And she experienced the reality that a thankful heart is a happy heart, right? And in my life, sometimes I look at what's not going on, what could be done, what more needs to be done. And I miss the opportunities to to be thankful in that moment for just the little tiny things, right? Like, the, the, you know, the pillow. Like how many people woke up today in the world not, you know, enjoying the comfort of a pillow under their head, right? I mean, there's so many things that... You know, by the time nine o'clock rolls around that we've received as gifts that I didn't thank God for, you know, just, you know, a roof over my head, a bed to sleep on, covers, you know, a pillow, breakfast. <laughs> uh, there's so many, so many things that, uh, that this is really encouraging me not only to be thankful to God, but then to express that thanks uh, to the people in my life as well. You know, and that's a choice, Rob. 
and and for me, I want to ask God for the grace to live with a grateful heart at every moment of every day. Be grateful even in the tragedy, even in the suffering, even in whatever comes my way. Be grateful to the Lord. I met with a man earlier this week, and and he was telling me how he's you know in financial trouble. He could lose his business. Do this, do this. I said, "May I ask you a question?" Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, "You had cancer. How did you do?" He said, "Oh, he said I beat that." I said, so what you're telling me is the Lord Jesus Christ healed you of the cancer. And he stopped and he pondered. Well, well, oh, yeah. I said, if I were you, I would be jumping for joy with a grateful heart. It isn't about money or your business. The Lord Jesus Christ healed you of an illness that could have taken your life. Rejoice, my friend, rejoice. But we get so caught up in what's not supposedly going our way, the negative Nellies of the world, the negative channel that the enemy wants to tune into our brain, and we fail to have that heart of gratitude. I love it when Jesus says, unless you become like one of these, one of these is a child that is totally dependent Oh, mom and dad, a child. We need to go to God knowing that he is the provider of everything and have a grateful heart. You know, and that, that's important, Robert, you're sharing that heart of gratitude because too many times, and even as Christians, that heart of gratitude turns into a heart of expectation. That heart of expectation turns into a heart of entitlement. And that heart of entitlement ends up hardening into pride to where we actually get angry at God for not answering our prayers the way we want them answered. But you see, and I wrote this down, when is a gift no longer a gift? It's when it becomes an expectation. I don't want to think that God has to give me, do for me anything. I want to be like a little child living in awe and wonder, and I want to celebrate for the gift of my life when I wake in the morning, the gift of my health, the ability to get up, to walk, to breathe, to see, to hear. I don't want to take any of the Lord's gifts for granted. And I think too many times we fall into that trap and we become like the nine. Me, I want to make sure that as a little child, I have that life with a heart of gratitude in awe and wonder. I mean, it shows us. He fell at his feet. You know, he rejoiced. He was like so excited. He was healed. He was healed. Yeah. You know, I, I love that. And there's an old saying that says, um, a grateful heart silences a complaining tongue. I remember yeah, an old seminarian, uh, um, priest in the seminary. I wasn't there, but he told he tells the seminarians, he says, you know, when they come up to him, Father, this, I, this is happening. And then he said, well, well, how was your day today? Tell, tell me something good that happened today, right? So the gratitude, I think, is essential to us living out this faith that we that we claim in Christ. And um, just the, the corollary, the first reading of this gospel on Sunday is the second Kings. So that's the story of Naaman who went into Israel to find this great prophet Elijah to get this healing. And in a similar way, he says, okay, go bathe yourself in, in the river here. And he says, aren't there better waters in, in my home? I don't, you know, give me something profound. And I thought about that when I'm looking at these 10 lepers, when Christ never said, you know, come here. He didn't do one of those, you know, hand claps. Almighty God, let us br-. He just said, go show yourselves to the priest, which, you know, from the Levitical law is, is how that's handled. You don't – you're not technically cleaned until – cleansed until the priest says, oh, you know, go through the, the prescribed 
uh, healing there. So that this Samaritan who couldn't go to this temple turned and came back to Christ. You notice Christ doesn't also rebuke the others. He just He's asking a, a rhetorical question about how do you express this gratitude that all of us know that we need more of. And it's very well. They, they, they were being obedient to going back to the temple to do exactly what Christ said, to follow Levitical law, to get all this. And, you know, there may have been some of them that were grateful. We just don't know. The scriptures just don't tell us. But we have this, this exuberant Samaritan who couldn't go back to the temple if he wanted to, right? Mm-hmm. And he came and he says, look what, look what you have done. There's something in here that just um, really moves me about what's not said in this gospel, what's not said about these ten that live so long away from community, that were disfigured in this leprosy, that were um, expectant of Jesus Christ. We expect everybody to see Jesus, you know, back in the day and be like, Jesus, look at me, Jesus, look at me. But how do they even know who he was? You know, they're not in Israel. They're not in with among Jews. They're in, in Samaria and Galilee. So they, they, there was something in their hearts that had him expectant. And there was something in them that they trusted so much that even without him saying, you are healed, all he said was, go show yourself to the priest. They were going in those first steps. In obedience. Full, in obedience, full of leprosy. That they weren't healed yet. It says as they were going, they were healed. So there's something about these ten that deserves mm-hmm. our our praise, our admiration, our, our 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 following of what they're doing. Their trust and faith in Christ got them to act before they got their blessing. So I I think there's a there's a a praise rightly for the Samaritan in coming back to Christ and showing this joy. There's also something to be said about the nine whose hearts were ready for that blessing. They were right. ready for that mercy. They were ready for that, that healing. And, um, and I think we need to be the same way. Yeah. Well, and I think there's a deep theological teaching here too, because notice Jesus didn't just heal them, didn't just fix them and say, you're all good to go. I took care of it. He included the priests. Well, we as Catholics know that the priests are instruments that God chooses to use, gifts to us, where we can go and as Scripture commands us, confess your sins to one another. Thank you, Lord, for the gift of the priesthood and the confidentiality of the confessional, where we can go to these gifts, these priests who have given their life to be a gift to us. And we can confess our sins in the sacrament of reconciliation, and we can be set free. Jesus still uses them today, just like he did here. He uses them today as those instruments to hear that sin. So we're obedient to the scriptures that command us to confess them to one another. And then he gives them that grace to be able to not tell about those sins, to forget those sins. It's a gift of confessional that the priests have, but it he uses them, and I think we shouldn't lose sight of that. So God, through the grace of God, we've been given the priests. I'm encouraging everybody out there, take advantage of the gift that God has given us in our priests as Catholics, and go confess your sins and be forgiven. But there's more, because you see, the Samaritan didn't know the priest. The Samaritan wouldn't be able to go to a Levitical priest, but yet he went to Jesus. So when we sit and we condemn people and say, oh, you don't have a priest, you can't confess your sins, so you're this, you're that. Stop. Jesus Christ is the high priest. He is God. So we need to understand if they're not Catholic, 
They still have the ability to go to God through Jesus Christ. Go to Christ. Confess those sins. That is the beauty of the Scripture. It's not either or. It's both and. But as Catholics, we know the fact that the priest is a gift for us. So yes, we can, with venial sins, go direct to God, be forgiven, be cleansed. However, we know also as Catholics with the mortal sin that breaks that relationship between God and us, we need to go to the gift he's given us because he laid the hands and said, who sins you forgive are forgiven, who sins you retain are retained. We need to go to the gift and be set free. Jesus Christ paid the price. He gave his life so that you can have life in abundance. But if you don't choose to take the gift off the shelf and go to the confessional and my recommendation, once a month. Sooner than that, I would recommend also, but minimum once a month. Go and get clean. If you can go every other week, go. And let me tell you what, if you think you don't sin, you're Mm -hmm. blind. Ask the Holy Spirit to search your heart, to illuminate for you the sins you're not seeing, and you'll be amazed, as I am, at the sins that I've committed, the sins of omission, the sins of judgmentalism, the sins of all kinds of things, unforgiveness. I'm like, oh my goodness, Lord, I didn't know I had any of that in me. But when you ask for the gift of the Holy Spirit to illuminate in your soul where you've fallen short, where you've sinned against God, it's a miracle what happens. And then that gift of the priest who then through absolution, through the contrition of our hearts, we're forgiven, made clean as babes. It's beautiful. Go, go, go. And one of the things that I that I noticed in this passage was, um, and Damon, you pointed this out, is he doesn't say, um, go your way, you're healed. He says, go show yourselves to the priests. And so initially, and as it says here, they, re, you know, they were being cleansed uh, along the way. So the first few steps that they took, they still had leprosy. And if you put yourself in that position and think, okay, do I want to do, I mean, I still, I'm still a leper. I'm going to go on my way, but I'm, I'm going to trust this guy. But the other thing is, if you notice the very last line, he says to, to the Samaritan who had come back, stand up and go, your faith has saved you. And if you look at the miracles of Jesus over and over and over again, he doesn't say my power has saved you or the grace of God has saved you or anything. Of course, those things are active. I mean, it, it wouldn't have happened without that. But he says the thing that makes it work is your faith. And the fact that you took those steps and went to the priest, and then you realized as a Samaritan that wasn't required, number one, and wasn't permissible, actually. So you came back and offered gratitude to, you know, to me. That's, that's an expression of faith. And as you point out, Damon, I don't know that the other ones weren't grateful. We don't know that. It doesn't say. But it does say that this one did come back, and it was your faith that saved you. But he says that over and over again to the, the Syrophoenician woman who's pleading for her, her daughter. And Jesus says, it's not right to throw the food of the children to the dogs. And she says, well, please, Lord, even the dogs. You know, and he says, woman, your faith is great. Go your way. You know, the, the, um, the centurion who we say every mass, we say, Lord, I'm not worthy to have you come. Go your way. Your son, you know, your son or your daughter has been cured. So the faith that that people bring to Jesus is really the, the spark that makes it happen. It's like God's love and his healing grace and his mercy is, is always available. It's like the sun. When Jesus talks about the love of the Father, the sun is always shining on the good and the bad alike. It's faith that makes that connection. It's faith that really makes the miracles happen in our lives. So. And that faith is an action word. 
It's not lip service. I believe in Jesus Christ. Well, guess what? So do the demons. So does Satan. He believes in Jesus Christ. He knows he's real. But it's that action. And so that's where the book of James tells us it's faith and works, works of love. We have to respond to the invitation to the eternal exchange of love, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And in that response are the works of love that come forward. So obedience, they they went their way. They went to the priest. That obedience, that act of obedience is an act of faith. It's an action item. And so for me, you know, our faith can't be dormant. It can't be just lip service. It can't be, I got that covered. Check the box. I'm good to go. Stop. Every day of our life is a new day, a new opportunity to say our yes or to say our no. So for me, I want to say yes every day. Use me, Lord, and allow me to be a blessing to others. Use me, Lord, as an instrument in the salvation of souls. No greater life can one have than that. You know, people say, well, I can't do what you can do. And I can't. Stop. The greatest gift that we can give is the gift of our prayers for others. You know, and I had a reflection on that this morning, and I was like, every time a person's name now comes up in my mind, an incident, a situation, whatever, I'm praying for that person. I don't know what it is, but that wasn't an accident. That wasn't a coincidence. Something is happening. They need help. They need prayer. And so for me, that's the response, our response to the invitation to love unconditionally, which is the eternal exchange of love, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, which is heaven. Um, I was just, uh, uh, when looking at this uh, passage, uh, how Jesus says, none but this foreigner. So he uses that word foreigner, mm-hmm. um, you know, returned. And then he says, you know, your faith has saved you. So it's like he's not a foreigner anymore. You know, he's now he's, he's in relationship with God because of his faith. And then I was wondering, we always talk about, you know, these God moments that we have, and we show... Jesus shows how he uses this to affect many lives, not only the the 10 who are cleansed, but I'm wondering about the priest who, upon those guys arriving in their presence, how they were affected by that. Like, oh my gosh, you know, like these guys were lepers and now they're healed, how that affected their faith or if that changed them at all. You know what I mean? So it's God doesn't waste a moment or any anything. He can use everything to help bring everyone to faith. And I think that's, to me, this gospel showing like gratitude. You can't be grateful um, unless you, you know, or you can't have faith unless you're grateful. How can I say thank you, God, if I don't have faith in Him? You know, so the the gratitude strengthens the faith. And so anyway, I just think this this gospel is all about faith. You know, and I think also what you hit on, Tom, is so keenly important: is share your stories. Share your God stories. Share the moments you have, the divine appointments. Show your heavenly kisses where, where God gave you a little kiss from somebody. You're like, whoa, 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 wait, that was God. I just mm-hmm. got a little heavenly kiss, or I just had a, a God moment, or I just had a divine appointment. Share your stories. Because just like the woman at the well that met Jesus, she went back and shared her story with her town. Her whole town Everybody. came to faith in Jesus Christ <laughs> through her sharing of her story, which brought them to Christ that's our calling. You know, the other important thing here is remember the difference and the, the connection between the physical healing and the spiritual healing. Here, you know, it, in our world, like we read back in modern minds and we think, oh, everything's great. They all got their leprosy healed. But Christ always cares more about the spiritual healing than the physical. The physical always leads to the spiritual. So going to the priest was not just Levitical. 
in proclaiming you re- mm-hmm. ready to enter back into the community. It was also them to continue on their own real salvation. And his proclamation, as you said um, before, Tom, is, is that stand up and go, your faith has saved you. I mean, that's the point of the whole healing, right? And again, back to that, the, the corollary of the first reading in Second Kings, it may be like Naaman, where he washes in the water and his skin becomes as young as a baby, like a baby's skin. It may be, but it also may be like you've, you've seen leprosy or Hansen. They may still have parts of their bodies that are falling off, the nose, the ears. Right. Uh, so maybe those scars become witnesses for the rest of their lives about the physical healing that is meant to draw them to the real healing, which is restoration back to Christ, but this. So when people read this, it's just, I think it's important that they don't just say, "Oh, physical healing, you know, God is good." No, it's always toward the the fuller healing of salvation. Somebody said, you know, early, who's a good man that says, you know, better to go to heaven with leprosy, you know, than to hell with with perfect baby skin. Mm-hmm. So there are, there are priorities here with all of this that we have to keep in mind with this healing. And think of how many people heard this story, saw the reality, and came to Christ. We can't imagine when we share our stories, the ripple effect of that and the lives that will be touched are tens of thousands. But when we remain silent, I think the enemy has muted us. He's emasculated us or taken away our ability to share the beauty and truth of what God has done in our lives, which can cause other people to come to know Christ. And, you know, the, the word pity, I think it's a bad rap in our day and age, but uh, Jesus-style pity is, is beautiful. And uh, it just says he had pity on them. And, uh, you know, we're, I think we're called because there's a lot of people that are standing away from, like these lepers were away from the community, away from connection with people, away from Jesus when they called out. There's a lot of people in our lives and us ourselves sometimes that we feel that we're not able to be a part of community, a part of, um, you know, or in, you know, close relationship with our Lord. And, uh, you know, we need to be able to accept the pity of Jesus uh, through others that he puts in our lives, but then also be his pity, uh, you know, be his mercy, be, you know, reach out to people that are on the margins. That's a good point, Rob. I think one of the hardest things to learn is, uh, and some of this came up, you know, a week ago, was two weeks ago at the Theology of the Body Conference, this whole identity thing, is we have to be loved first before we can feel love for other people. So learning how to feel that tenderness from God first in our own life so we can share it with other people. You know, as we just broke open the bread of life, the sacred scriptures, we know that Jesus was the Word of God, the Word made flesh. Each and every one of us are called to do the same. Let's consume the Word and enflesh the Word to the world that needs us. The world needs the enfleshed Word of God. They need to see Christ living in us, with us, and through us. Let's take Christ into the world, enflesh that Word, and change the world. God bless each and every one of you. Have a great day. Again, Jesus is the answer. God bless. Bye-bye. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on 
Gospel Reflection Groups. Or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him. Thank you.